We've got a lot of work to do today, don't we? We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of bridges to build. We've got a lot of bridges to build. Yeah. A lot of hands to shake. Yeah. A lot of, um, I don't know how you people say it, like teas to crumpet or whatever. A lot of fevers to pitch. A lot of fevers to pitch. Yeah. Yeah. There was some confusion between you and I earlier today over text message. Yeah. Because I always thought the implication was that there was, someone, there was something wrong with the pitcher. You said there's two different kinds of, of ways to say the word pitch, which I didn't get at all. You've been trying to trigger me all day, and I guess that's part of it. Yeah, there are two different ways to say the, the word pitch. You mentioned that the one of these films was dumbed down for an American audience with its title being changed Clarified. To, what was it changed to? Um, um, a, a baseball catch film. A, a perfect catch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently in America, well, there's some confusion about this because I went yeah. and searched for Fever Pitch. Yeah. And the Fallon cut Yeah. <laughs> uh, came up. Yeah. But then when you click on it, it changes it's called, all its its like entire like cover art changes catch. to a That's perfect a fishing, catch. That should be called, uh, that should be a fishing film, shouldn't it? Yeah, and also like, I, I guess like catching is a part of baseball, but like, yeah, I don't think there's ever like no one's ever like caught a ball in baseball and someone's like that's the perfect catch. Yeah, and pitching is like a really good thing. That's a good baseball word, and it's also a good f- football. Uh, football. Sorry, I'm gonna say, f- folks, I'm gonna say football a lot. And if I do need to, refer it's a triple entendre. The American British, version. Just say I'll British say football. football. But if I no, need no, to no. refer to the English version, I'll say football. Say British British soccer. <laughs> Um, we're getting ahead of ourselves, and it, there's it's a triple entendre. It's a triple entendre because you beautiful. do pitching in baseball. It's a rare triple, and entendre. you play on a pitch. You play on a baseball pitch, don't you? And if you're like, <laughs> you know, hot and bothered, you're yeah. hot. You're at, at a fever pitch. Yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I want to tell you about my boy. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, make space. Make space, everyone. Everybody, make a little bit of space. So the, the small, the young prince is coming out. Cyril and I. It's Lewis. Oh, wait, wait. Which boy? Cyril. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. I just want to... Yeah. Everyone disperse. It's just Cyril. <laughs> Cyril and I are going on a big trip tomorrow to merry old yes. England. We're getting on a plane. Yeah. Um, I am dreading it because last time Cyril and I got on a plane to England, he screamed the whole way, I want to get out. I want to get out. And it's, yeah. it was a nine-hour flight and he couldn't get out. You know what my grandma <laughs> used to do? Sorry, story within a story. Dad talk within a dad talk. Except okay. this is grandma talk. I think I've told you this on the podcast, maybe before. Okay. But my grandma apparently used to soak raisins in rum. Oh, yeah. And feed me the raisin, like, let me gum the raisins when that I was sounds a baby. Nice. Yeah, and you turned to out calm fine, me down. didn't you? You turned out fine. Oh. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> I just passed a kidney stone last yeah. week. Okay, that's good advice. I'll get, so what you're saying is I should get Cyril drunk before the nine-hour plane flight? <laughs> I don't think, it's like buzzed, you know? <laughs> Listen, last time he screamed, I want to get out, I want to get out the whole way. It was one of the worst nights of my life. That's not yeah, an exaggeration. Yeah, sounds terrible. So this time I read, like, a par- Sarah's been sending me, like, a parenting advice Instagram blogs posts. about how to, like, be good with your little angel on a plane trip. Yeah. And it says, like, one of the pieces of advice is, like, you should talk to them about it a lot, like, the week leading up. Like, we're going to go on a plane. What This is what it's going to be like. 
and kind of get them prepped for it. And yeah. so I have been saying to him, like, so we're going to be on a plane. We're going to we're going to be confined in a tight space for a while, and you just have to be you have to be good. Yeah, negative uh, visualization. The Stoics did it. So I was like, you're going to be good, and you're not going to bother anyone. And he goes, I can't promise anything. <laughs> yeah, he's his father's son. <laughs> and then I was like, well. <laughs> Look, here's the deal. It's a nine-hour flight, but it'll go shorter if we sleep. Every sing- It's go- overnight, and everybody sleeps on the plane. He goes, not everybody. <laughs> yeah. He's right. So that's what's happening tomorrow. Yeah. That's what's That's going to be a tomorrow. blast for you. Um, we have to record a, an OGIF tomorrow, too, before you go. So Yeah, we'll see. We'll don't see forget that about goes. that. I was trying to convince you to do a, um, a cheeky record from the airport. Just you and Cyril on the road. Yeah. That I I liked the concept. I lo- I you know I love a stunt record because we're doing a little bit of a it's a it's an episode. This one, yeah, yeah we're yeah, bucking yeah. the the norm. Yeah, I um I love a stunt. I'm always down freaking for out a the stunt. normies. Yeah, we're freaking that's out us. the normies. That's us. Yeah, you're all the normies. You're, that's not nice. <laughs> I don't. Nobody's a normie. You're all normies. We're freaking you out because we're doing two movies. I love a stunt. But uh, that was a bridge too far. It's to like go to the airport with a five year old in advance and a rig, nine hour flight, and like also try to record a podcast while we're like <laughs> so fun. It would be so fun. It would not be fun. Nothing about tomorrow is going to be fun. This has been Dad Talk, um, and today we're freaking out the normies with a great big show that's about t- two movies and dip. Then blow your mind. We blew and your mind because you were like, oh, they they're you... doing Fever Pitch, but we didn't say which one, and it's both. <laughs> both. We did both. No one of them is called A Perfect Catch, actually. So yeah. update yeah. your records. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched both. I just chose sort of to do like a little bit of a hatch order on my own. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I went with the both canonical and production date. Okay. Uh, second film first. So your your hatchet order? Do we call it hatchet order? What's the one for Star Wars? Is it called machete order? I think hatchet, hatchet order is what we made up for reading the. Oh right, machete order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, we were we were ours was like hatchet man. It was like an ICP thing. Yeah, <laughs> machete order. Okay, yeah. Is I did the Jimmy Fallon cut first. So, folks, if you've watched, if you watched both Fever Pitch movies, if you watched both Fever Pitch and A Summer Catch or whatever it's called, yeah, uh, in advance of a this, catch to remember, and you watched the Colin Firth one first, or if you watched it chronologically, pause the podcast and go back and watch it in the machete order. In the machete order, is, it's important. It's important. You watch the the two thousand what Fallon first. That's and that's the uh, the uh, uh, mnemonic. Jimmy Fallon. Fat Fallon. What's, Fallon. What's his first. called? F- they're both called Fever Pitch. Fallon first, first second. 2005. <laughs> wow. Do you want me to say that again? Because it was pretty funny. Yeah. Say okay. it again. This is the mnemonic for how you know how to what the order is. Ready? Yeah. Fallon first, first second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Okay, no one will ever forget now. Yeah, well, that. you they, and you also won't forget because you can look down and read on the fucking merch you just bought that says yeah. it on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 2005's Jimmy Fallon vehicle. <laughs> yeah. And some and someone else. True. Someone less famous. True. Um, directed by the F- Farrelly what? Brothers. Why are you not acknowledging Drew Barrymore? Who? 
Come on. <laughs> oh, this is what you were saying before the show, too. Some, someone in the background. What? What? You said something before the show. You were talking about one of the actors in the movie. I was talking about Ioni Sky, who's also in this. Yeah, Drew, Drew's... Okay, yeah, whatever. All right, whatever. Drew Barrymore erasure. I don't know why you're doing it. It's, it feels like a bit, but I'll allow it, I guess, for the time being. Um, one of Jimmy Fallon's few... I guess that we he had like a moment back at this point, right? Sure. I think he was just like hot off the presses from SNL. Oh, yeah. He always looked at the camera and he laughed. Yeah. So we watched both of them. I don't know if you got to the end of that sentence. We watched both movies. Um, yes. And then we, so then we also then went to go watch the 1998 classic Fever Pitch. Five, even maybe. Wow. Um, and we're going to compare and contrast. If you haven't seen the football one, football, yep. if you haven't seen the football British soccer one, uh, with Colin Firth, it's a very good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's great. Don't you dare. I swear I was to really God. cranking you up earlier today. You cranked my you cranked me all the way up. Um it was much better than the Jimmy Fallon one. Yeah, and it's also very good movie. And I fun. remember it being a real row at some point. I thought I lived in New York at the time. Yeah. But I thought it was a real like moment, a culture moment when Jimmy Fallon like halted a Yankees game to record a movie like during a live Yankees game. Okay. And I thought I lived in New York at the time, but apparently not, because it was 2005. I was like a 10-year-old. Were you? No, well, you weren't. 21. No. Yeah, okay. I, okay. That upset me, because I remember I was like, I had a job. I was living <laughs> in Norfolk, Virginia. And the Red Sox won the World Series. They broke the curse of the Bambino. They and talk that's about what the that movie's about. Film. They talk yeah. about it, and apparently, f- semi-fun fact, they originally ha- they had to rewrite the movie. Because they didn't expect the Red Sox to win the year that they were making the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. The movie had a pretty weird... The movies, the movies were the exact same in every way. No, very different in all Mirror, ways. like mirror picture, like mirror images. Yeah, completely. You could not tell anything, like there's nothing about them that you could tell apart except for at the end when they become just two completely different movies and the motivations of the characters are completely different and... yeah. They end wildly differently. Yeah, and also the American one, which I quite enjoyed, uh, strips out all of the meaning and substance from the British one, which is common, I think, with your people. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't understand a word of what was going on in yours. (laughs) I think they were talking about British soccer, but I don't know. Yeah, well, I have some ways into talking about that for us. So what do you want to do? We we didn't didn't, uh, do any... um, planning for how we're going to do this because we don't know we are free we are so excited about freaking out the normies that we never yeah. stop to ask ourselves whether we should and how we should and how do you was, talk about two movies? let's let's do one let's do something right off the, the bat okay is i think i am here as an ambassador yeah to the creative arts okay of my great country the united states of america yeah Okay, and I'm here to sort of like speak about and speak on behalf of the Jimmy Fallon cut of okay the Fever, Fever Pitch, Pitch. 2005. Yeah, and I will do so in a confident and maybe even belligerent American attitude and accent. Good. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to do my British accent f- to describe. And then I was thinking I for you, well, I don't just do sort of maybe I've you could it. take step into the role of like defender of the I've Colin up Firth my spurs. first Firth. Second. Firth. Firth. Second. <laughs> yeah. Fallon first. Firth second. 
Um, I've hung up my spurs, good. unfortunately. I don't do my British accent anymore. I only do joke British accents now. Okay. But I can try my best Boston accent. Here's a better idea. Uh, hey. No, that's awful. Here, What about this? Oh. How about you and I collaborate just to save time? Let's save time here. You, you want me I... to do the British? Okay. No, I, I want to. I'll try it on. Uh, no, I don't want that. I don't want Don't that. want what? What I want is for you and me. Well, I was going to say, as part of that, in my brash, belligerent American attitude and accent, I could maybe cover the sound off on the plot of Fever Pitch, The Fallon Cut. That makes sense. Okay, well, we can do that, but let me pitch you an alt here. Maybe in 60 American seconds. Okay, that sounds good. And then let me just pitch you an alt here. Maybe we can yeah. do both. We can collab. We can do your thing. You do a sixty. I do a tight sixty on on my. You do t- tight sixty on on yours. I do a tight sixty on mine, and then we can try to collaborate to come up with a version, a, a, a sanitized version that describes both movies. Ca- counter offer. Okay. <laughs> Everything you just said, but I want my sixty seconds to be Texas size. What's Texas size? It means I get sixty five seconds. Okay, because Texas why. It gets an extra off what? the grid, I guess. I don't know. Okay, sure. You tell you me. Get, fine. You get sixty-five seconds, and then I will take sixty seconds. You get sixty-five seconds to describe summer baseball movie with Jimmy Fallon. Fallon first, and I will take sixty seconds. That's all I need to describe normal British football film. Yeah, Fever Pitch. Fever Pitch, written by Nick Hornsby. Okay, hey, I'm gonna put sixty seconds on this big bad clock during those sixty seconds. And I then work. we and then we do a sanitized version. And then we then we will collaborate. We we, we after, drill down after to the having tacks. gone fisticuffs after having gone two blistering rounds in the ring. Oh, it's like an anime. We we punch gloves together to show that enemies there's no animosity after a, a fight well fought, and then we enemies to friends to take the down their death threat, star or whatever to take yeah. down Sephiroth. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Um, okay, um, are you ready? Yeah. All right, 60 seconds starting now. Jimmy Fallon lives in New York and he, in Boston, and he's a teacher, and he brings school kids to a, um, ad agency where he meets Drew Marymore, who is a, um, I don't know, an accountant at an ad agency. And they fall in love, and he's like, listen, a big part of my life is that I love the Boston Red Sox, and it's all-consuming. Um, and I have season tickets, which means that I have tickets, like, apparently for the rest of my life into eternity. Um, and she's like, okay, I like that, actually. It's fun. And then it, she realizes it's not fun. Um, and they break up, and then he decides to sell his season tickets that his uncle gave him uh, because he loves her, and she runs across a baseball field and says, no, don't do it. Um, so he doesn't, and then he, um, they um, fall in love, and they get married, and they're now in love. And it's it was fun. It was cute, I guess. It wasn't as good as the other one, the one and, that Jack's going to cover. And time. I only gave you 60 seconds. I forgot that you asked for five more. So if you want Oh, can I have five more? Some, yeah, I'll give you five more seconds. You can say whatever you like. Um, I didn't really have a bit about Drew Barrymore earlier. I think mostly I just couldn't remember exactly what her name was. Okay. All right, that's enough. Okay, and now give me put sixty seconds on the big bad clock, and I will describe the superior British film uh, of the same title in some markets. Oh, sixty second burger run. It's, I won't do it. No, don't do it. Just put sixty seconds on a clock and lock in. In five, four, three. 
Colin Firth is a teacher at a primary school yep. in England, and he, when he was a little boy, he uh, the only way that he related to his dad was his dad would take him to the Arsenal games, and as a result, he became absolutely obsessed with the British football team, Arsenal. And uh, then uh, he, uh, there's a new teacher at the school. She's a babe. Um, and he's uh, the cool teacher who all the kids like because he's into Arsenal and he likes to talk about football with them. Um, and she's kind of a prim and proper teacher. And she uh, doesn't like him because he seems like a football hooligan. Uh, but she then falls in, she d- falls for him. They have intercourse and uh, she becomes pregnant. And then the rest of the film is him kind of battling uh, uh, with her about whether his love for Arsenal is stronger than his love for for her and in the end it's kind of a compromise yeah that's how the movies were different yeah because in my version of the movie the more romantic version i will say yeah um they make this great sacrifice for one another he's about to give up his season tickets which i'll remind you means he gets to watch every baseball game forever yeah and he's been doing it for 11 years in my version of the movie, he's so bummed out about the way everything's going. I don't even think it's about her that he... Yeah. he just sort of drops almost, into a melancholy. Almost and then, fails to watch the last five minutes of a game. He watches <laughs> and then him, he ends Turns up out watching. to be quite an important game. Yeah. And the lesson of the movie is that, is really, although a little bit of it is that he kind of tempers his fandom of Arsenal in order to start a family with her... When I think back to the 26th of May, 1989 now, it's impossible to explain exactly what happened to either of us. Well, three of us if you count the team. I do know this. My relationship with Arsenal changed that night. It was as if I jumped onto the shoulders of the team and they'd carried me into the light that had suddenly shone down on all of us. And the lift they gave me enabled me to part company with them in some ways. We still see each other all the time, and I still love them and hate them all at the same time. But I have my own life now. My own successes and failures aren't necessarily linked up with theirs. That's got to be a good thing. I suppose. Uh, The real lesson of the movie is that she learns to love Arsenal, too. And she sees, She um, she sort of gets caught up in, like, the post-game celebration in the streets and is enchanted. how sports can create a community and she's enchanted by it and in fact it's something that i think is maybe obliquely referred to no it's not i was going to say it's in the other movie but it's in this movie her friend says to her at one point talking about like the fact that she's dating this guy who like all he cares about is sports is she she has this whole riff where she's like men colonize you yeah what else has sunk in do you know where they are in the championship cup and who their best goal hanger is and all that sort of thing I'm not turning into a moron. Okay, so I know that they're top of the league. That's easy to remember. And I know that Alan Smudger Smith has scored most of the goals, but it doesn't... I'm going next week. You're going? Yeah. To a football match? Yeah, I thought I should. Ooh, I tell you, girl, you better watch yourself. 
You know, soon after Tim and I split up, I woke up one morning and I realised that I could remember his batting average for the previous season. That's harmless enough, isn't it? No. It's all a sinister form of male manipulation. Rubbish. It's true. You get colonised. Your native culture gets driven out and it's replaced by stuff that you don't like and don't even want to know about. When they're like bloody missionaries. They bore you stupid until you cave in, then they fuck off. Like they yeah, colonize yeah, yeah. you with their interests <laughs> and like make you care about like the stupidest fucking shit. And it's a fucking. Is that true of, of you and Sarah? Is she a huge Washington Commanders fan? No, nothing. I've uh, tried every which way, but n- nothing, uh, nothing takes. And that's for the best for everyone. Do let's see. What at what point do you want to talk about uh, Christopher Lash and the culture of narcissism? Oh, again, <laughs> um, should we just we, get I, it out of the way now? I I wouldn't I wouldn't describe it as getting it out of the way because it's something I'm um, <laughs> eager to engage with and I'm okay. excited to hear what you have to say on. Yeah. Okay. So can I just say that? Like, yeah, this yeah. is a time I would be. Um, excited to engage with whatever you have to say about what's his name, Christopher Lash, Christopher Cross, and the <laughs> what was his last name, Lash. Okay, and the culture of narcissism, and specifically a chapter in his uh, his nineteen seventy something masterpiece of historical analysis. Yeah, I'm uh, ready to engage. I've got my smart guy hat on. That's entitled, <clears throat> I think it's called The Degradation of Sport. But I was thinking about Lash as I watched both of these films, but mostly as I watched the first one. The, Me too. Sorry, depending on which, whether you're watching um, Machete Order or, or Chronological Order. But I watch chronologically. There's so. essentially no value to watching it chronologically in the <laughs> chronological order. Yeah, so if you're, if you're watching it Machete Order, it was mostly during the second of these films that I, <laughs> yeah. that I started amusing upon the um, chapter in Christopher Lash's Culture of Narcissism called of The Degradation of Sport, which I've been thinking about ever since I read it uh, in high school. And I think in some ways this film I had a similar thought. I had it open on my coffee table. Um yeah. <laughs> just cuz I you know I wasn't actively reading it was just something I was reading recently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I Popped thought into I had your head a lot as of well. Them. Yeah. I think that this film in a lot of ways instantiates the problem and the duality that is brought up in Christopher Lash's thoughts on sports. Which I pulled some passages. Would you like me Please. to read them? Yeah. Okay, I'm so so interested in what Christopher here's, Lash has to say. Here's what Lash says about sports. Among the yep. activities through which men... This was written in the 70s, so we have to forgive some gendered language here, I think. Okay. Among the activities through which men seek release from everyday life, games offer in many ways the purest form of escape. Like sex, drugs, and drink, they obliterate awareness of everyday reality, not by dimming that awareness, but by raising it to a new intensity of concentration. Moreover, games have no side effects, produce no hangovers or emotional complications. Games satisfy the need for free fantasy and the search for gratuitous difficulty simultaneously. They combine childlike exuberance with deliberately created complications. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that yeah. interesting? Sure. Isn't that interesting? And it's shown in this film because it's this sort of like man-child thing. It's this in Fever Pitch, the Feckend, f- sorry, Feckend, which is a more substantial film. Th- you're saying the I'm saying Feckend one. The, the second one. one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The um, fir- the first one. The first one. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This relationship with his dad as a kid 
like when he was a kid is the driving force behind his love of Arsenal. And so it's this desire to get back to a more childlike, innocent time that only sports specifically can create. That's really interesting. But then Lash goes on to problematize this. He says this, commercialized play is turned into work. And this is about big sports and like agents and athletes and and Uh, big money money and sports. Commercialized play has turned into work, subordinated the athlete's pleasure to the spectators, and reduced the spectator himself to a state of passivity, the very antithesis of the health and vigor that sport ideally promotes. And so, in some ways, I think this film is about those competing dualities. Is sports a childlike expression of innocence, or is it something that's sort of that's crass and problematized and takes away from the family and takes away from the meaning of your life? When you're an adult. And that's interesting. I feel like I've lost you. I feel like I'm losing you. What Here's are my you concern. Doing? Yeah. I'm on I'm on the Wikipedia page for um Fever Pitch the first. The the second the, one? The or? Fallon first. Oh, Fallon first. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm 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 trying to go I'm going through the Wikipedia the, the IMDB page because I worry that wouldn't it be kind of a cheeky little thing to like have Colin Firth do like a cameo in the American remake. Okay. And then we would have to just completely rethink our entire naming system. Because I think if yeah. if we're relying on Firth being sort of the centerpiece of the first Firth second. Yeah. No, Firth is he's not in it. He's not in the second one, right? That's what I'm worried about, and that's what I was going to investigate. And I you seem like you were doing a good you were you seem like you were on a good track there. Well, I was hoping to kind of engage with you on the topic. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. I think we well. I have good news. I have I've good pulled, news and bad news. I've pulled another passage. I have good news and bad news. Okay, I've got good news, which is that I've pulled another passage. And what's that's your my bad news? news. <laughs> okay, what's your good news? Um, he doesn't appear to be in the the first film. Let me say one more thing about Christopher Lash and see if it reels you in because this is genuinely interesting. Okay. Okay. Here's a passage that I pulled. I reread this whole chapter today because it made me think of it, and it's so interesting. Here's what he says. The Dutch historian Johan Huizinga, who... Huizinga. Okay, yeah, I think Huizinga is better. The Dutch historian Johan Huizinga, or you were saying like Bazinga? Yeah, Bazinga. Okay, that's fine. Who anticipated some of these arguments and stated them far more persuasively, argued that modern games and sports had been ruined by a fatal shift toward over-seriousness. At the same time, he maintained that play had lost its element of ritual, had become profane, and consequently had ceased to have any organic connection whatever with the structure of society. The masses now crave trivial recreation and crude sensationalism and throw themselves into these pursuits with an intensity far beyond their intrinsic merit. Instead of playing with the freedom and intensity of children, they play with the blend of adolescence and barbarity that Hazinga calls pluralism, investing games with patriotic and martial fervor while treating serious pursuits as if they were games. Now, that's an interesting description of the, the second. Oh, sure. Yeah, but that's this. what I'm I guess. Let me say this. Let me take a, a step back, which is back, by the way. The question that is posed. The 2023 three seasons about to kick off. Who are you rooting for? I'm not watching it. The question that is posed. Yeah, but who do you root for? I don't know about it. Who's your it. team? The question that is posed by the San feckin, Antonio? By the feckin' fever pitch with the Firth. Firth's feckin' fever pitch. Is his love of Arsenal. There's of, three. Let there's, me say the question. Sorry. <laughs> 
There's eight XFL to- teams total, and three of them are in Texas. Nobody. That's not interesting. What I'm saying is interesting. The question that's posed by this film is, is his love of Arsenal, like, should it be allowed? Should it be condoned? Is it acceptable? Is it appropriate for him to invest so much into what's essentially a te- just a just dumb sporting team, a commercialized entity? Is it okay? Lash would say yes, I think. Lash well, would say yes, it's important. It's important that we go back, and, and it's important for these atavistic reasons of like reaching back to our childhood and finding meaning in without complication. And yet, then we've got What's-Her-Name comes in, and she is a complication, and should she just be treated like a complication? I don't know. The dialectic that happens there, the synthesis of those two problems, is that he still roots for Arsenal, but makes a little bit of time for her and the baby. <laughs> I'm not an Arsenal fan. Yeah. But I imagine if I were, that yeah. house that he finds is pretty cool. It would be pretty fun yeah. to live like across the street from Arsenal Stadium. They find a house called. that's right next to uh, Highbury. It's called Highbury. Shall I leave you to take a look around on your own? Thanks. Yeah. What is it with you? Why does it matter how close to the ground you live, as long as you can come to the games? When I was a kid, I read in this program or book or something, a little story about what used to happen around here on cup final days if Arsenal were playing. They used to have this procession through the streets and all the, the women and kids used to dress up in fancy dress and leave the men who were going to Wembley down to the station. Yeah. Um, so wh- that would be a dream come true. Wouldn't that be fun? We both used to live right question. down the, the street from Barclay Center. Tell me the answer to the question. Do you think it's okay for him to be that invested in Arsenal as a man, um, as a grown suppose, man? Or should we put away care. childish things? Well, in What else context, does he have to live for? It's that or like the, the like grim drudgery. Of yeah. Yes. And it's always raining in London. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's true. Like you look at the TV because you want to watch something nice and then you like, if you ever have to turn off the TV, like all you're surrounded by is like, like a gray void. Yeah. And a babe who's your friend. That she's sure. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's little lights in the void. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your family, think, your friends, but. I want to make a claim that all of that is lost in the Jimmy Fallon movie. In this movie, it's like, I think that the real the real love story in the Colin Firth fever pitch is a love affair between Colin Firth and the football team Arsenal. In the Fallon cut. And there's a lady in it. In, in the, the Fallon f- cut, sports is more like the Olive Garden. Yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> it's sort of rowdy. Everyone's like pretty familiar. It's like yeah. everyone's family. Yeah. You know, everyone's having fun, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what he loves about it. And he's got a lot of like weird friends who like yeah. are really into his genitals. And I get it. Like I'm a Bingus Butcher too. But Are like, they? Yeah. It's sort of a running joke. You clearly didn't pay as close attention to the... Um, I guess no. we should also say um, we watched you watched these films quite some time ago. I watched them quite some time ago, so I've forgotten almost everything except kind of like some the thoughts, broad strokes, the, the broad strokes, sort of a meta and the analysis. XFL stuff, yeah, um, or whoever what whatever that guy's name was, yeah. What was I saying? Oh, anyway, he's got weird genitals. friends, and it's all about yeah. He loves his gen. He's like he's constantly cleaning off his genitals and like. What are you talking about? I sorry, I don't remember. Um, the it's not about the the second movie is not about. Baseball is just sort of a, an impedance. It's yeah, not baseball a, it's is not treated as an obstacle. I, I need to know the genital thing because otherwise you're just to, to – Sorry. To, 
Sorry. Point of phrase. Uh, you're just leaving it hanging out there. <laughs> his one friend is pretty like into his genitals. I, I'll see if I captured either. Yeah, of I'd the, love um, for you to give me an example. I the sh- certainly hope that you did because uh, it's not uh, corroborated in my memory. Yeah, I captured one of them okay. um, at the um, at the one hour eighteen minute and twenty five second mark. Um, his one friend, who yeah. I will try to, to as sensitively as possible describe as the bald guy. Okay, that seems fine. Um, His one friend is a bald guy in um, the Firth Thacked one. Yeah, that's true. Okay. And is it notable? Yeah, it sounds like that we're finding resonance between... That's what we're here to do. We're cri- cultural... We're m- critics. Oh, we're right, We're finding right. resonance we're anthropologists. between these two films. Yeah. You're, we're, like, standing on either side of, like, the, like, Pangea split. Yeah. And you're looking at, like, the back half of a dinosaur, and I'm looking at the front, and I'm like, well, I just can't yeah. explain it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and actually, I think that we promised that we would um, we would say a v- t- together a version of both movies. That could oh, should we should but still have to do that. But say this genitals thing, because it really is just hanging and out. And you really there. want me to g- nail it, huh? I, so I, at that time, at that time, Mark, um, yeah. his one bald friend says, uh, they're like, he's he's been in a deep depression. Yeah. This is after, like... The so Jimmy Fallon misses. Well, I think he's depressed because he misses their like big huge game. He misses an important game, yeah. And he's in a de- like a depressive funk, and his friends come over and start like cheering him up and cleaning him up, and they're all showering him. Yeah. Okay. And one of them um, is really focused on his genitals. Okay. <laughs> and Jimmy Fallon says, yeah, well, "Not the pride, Doc. But why are you shaving my balls?" Oh, yeah. And the guy says, well, if you don't want me to. And Jimmy Fallon says, no, I don't want you to. <laughs> That's funny. I forgot about And then later that. on, I think he, like, handles his bottom in some way. Okay. That's so, not a genital, but. The bottom? No. <laughs> Sorry to be the first one to break this to you. <laughs> the bottom is certainly a genital. Are you just fighting this out for me? <laughs> what I is t- it if not a genital? Please don't look it up. Please don't look it up. The Google police are going to come and arrest you. Ugh, it auto-filled genital herpes, which is fine, but it just means I'm going to get a lot of ads about <laughs> genital herpes medication now. What here? I'm going to Can I just can What did I, you Google? Can I say, say this? To me what can you I say this? Say to me what you Googled. Say to the the people what you Googled. Did you just Google? Let me ask it as in the form of a question like Jeopardy. Did you just Google is the bottom a genital? <laughs> I googled what are genitals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here we go. <clears throat> you're acting like somebody whose point is going to get proved correct, and I can tell you now you're in for some real disappointment. <laughs> a sex organ. <laughs> Any part of an animal that is involved in sexual reproduction. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's down there. It's part of the whole process. You know? <laughs> Okay, let's go. It's like in the infrastructure. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Here's a genital. What? Why is this happening? No. Do you want me to read you another passage from Christopher Lash? There's just no way a butt's a genital, huh? No, it's not. <laughs> I thought maybe I could I thought maybe an insect. it's not a it's not going to be fruitful for you to f- further pursue this. Fine. I'm telling you now. But here's what we can do. We, we're running a little late, but I do think we can, should quickly together come up with a way of this. Just for folks who don't have time to watch it, machete order okay, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or no. Just a way of describing both movies that describe The differences both. are so subtle yeah. between the two films. 
They're extremely um, strong. But that I that I think this won't be too different. There are massive differences between the films. They are nothing like each other. Okay, let's say uh, a teacher, sportsman, a teacher. Good. Of students, of young students. students. A teacher of young students is a huge fan of his local sports team with an obsession for his local sports team falls in love no falls in love is too strong because that doesn't really um develops an affection for uh, a colleague only a colleague in the second one no because they're both math people in the first one in the Fallon uh, first, and that's how they meet. Uh, developed an affection for someone in the course of his work. Yes, perfect. But, but, and we should clarify this, and I think this is tr- broadly true in both cases. Yeah. It's not problematic. It's, but it's not problematic. Okay. Like, neither one of them reports to the other, or like. Should I be writing this down? And like, you know, he didn't mar- like marry an intern that he slept yeah. with at a former job. Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. All right, I'm just going to write this down. A teacher with an obsession. What is this for? So that oh, we just... can say it. Sports yeah, and team. we should also put it in like a review later. Sure. A teacher with an obsession. We'll for... leave the same review for both films. This that's is it. Perfect. Uh, a teacher with an obsession for his local sports team develops an affection for someone in the course of his work, but it's not problematic. Yes. Now, here's what we need to do. Now, this is going to be a hard part. I think what we need to do is we have to say that he impregnates her because it's Ini- essential to the second Firth film. I- initially. But it's not true in the first Fallon film. So we have to find a way yeah, of saying. Yeah, he gets her pregnant in the first Fallon film. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. Does he? Yeah. Oh. Or she, like, is late on her period. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. He doesn't actually get her pregnant in that. In right. The, in the so family. how about this? Okay. I think I can thread this needle. Okay, yeah. His love interest. Yeah. That's strong. It's not really love quite yet, is it? His the, romantic... The new partner. What's the opposite of a pursuer? Quarry. His romantically pursued... Quarry. ...is so charmed by his enthusiasm for his sports team that she agrees to be impregnated by him. Um, that's good, except that uh, in the first film, she finds his enthusiasm for his sports team to be a massive detriment. Charming at first. No, she hates it. She doesn't like it at all. She finds it charming at first. No, she doesn't. Yes, she does. She doesn't. She hates it. She goes it. to the game, and she... Yeah, I guess she hates right. She gets, like, crunched game. by the audience. Okay, so let's back it up. So this is a this is a flashpoint. Well, this is the crossroads. What about this? What, let's just say well, let's just do a fiat here. His romantic quarry is thus well. I don't want to say impregnated because she's not. It's a false pregnancy. And another crossroad. Wow, this is like branching. It's like his romantic quantum. Okay, space. what about this? His romantic quarry creates an opportunity for impregnation. Perfect. That's great. Related to no, I guess it's not really related to the sports at all. Shall I say thus? I was kind of in love with thus. So his, his romantic quarry thus creates an opportunity for impregnation. Colon. No, not colon. Comma. Comma. While. Whilst. Whilst. Yeah. Inversely. Yeah. Being frustrated with his commitment to his 
first love. Sports. I'm just going to say, despite a justified frustration with his commitment to said local team. So far, so good. So far, so good. It hits a, I guess, what f- tensions hit a breaking point. Yeah. And their fiery romance is extinguished. But here's, we need to now say something. We need to now say something about the teams as well. So this is going to be difficult. So I'm going to say, so Um, tensions hit a breaking point. Red clad. Not just within the... Red clad fans. The burgeoning romance. But on the pitch. But on the field of play. Yeah. But on the field of play itself. Now, if we can do something with pitch and pitch, that would just crush. Because in England, the pitch is the football pitch. Right. And in um, in your country, a f- pitch is a baseball pitch, and it's a different kind of thing. Um, what about it all comes down to what happens with the pitch? Yeah, yeah. The I was going to say something about, like, the blank on the pitch is electric or... But it's difficult because the pitch in baseball... I know, I know, I know. So I think it all comes down to what happens with the pitch. We don't have to do the pitch. It feels like we have to, doesn't it? Yeah. We'll just have to stay here all night figuring it out. You you guys are getting a lot of dead air cut out of your feeds right now because yeah. we're really workshopping this back here. Pitch. Okay, what about this? Okay, ready for this? Yeah. One city, no. One team, one pitch. You're familiar with how baseball works, right? Yeah. But I'm thinking that it's like the last pitch is important. I guess. Okay. <laughs> you do one. I'm thinking... A pair is perfect. How about an alliteration? A pair is perfect as the pitch. That's pretty good. A pair as perfect as the pitch. Do they? Can I have a quick question? Can person? And I know you're not like a huge British soccer fan. I know you're yeah. like a casual British soccer fan. Go Hove Albion goals. Yeah. Um, Hove Brighton. Albion Brighton Hove goals. Albion. Yeah. 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 Brighton's first in front of Hove. Yes, it's the Brighton Hove Albion Gulls. Thank you. For Sorry, saying it so many times. Um, is there home runs in soccer? <laughs> no, in that's British what soccer? you're leading up to. <laughs> A pair as perfect as the pitch that could divide them. Oh, perfect. That threatens yeah. to divide them. It's still a little weird. We're still kind of implying that there's only one pitch in baseball, but. A pair as perfect. As the pitch that threatens to divide them must persevere uh, perpetually. perpetually. Yep. Okay, I think we are on, we've hit a wavelength. With I really like <laughs> it when that happens. Or else perspire. Perspi- I was going to say perspire, meaning expire, but that's just a sweat, isn't it? Uh, uh, or perish. Else, or perish. Or perish in the act. That's pretty good. Sometimes you just got to find, it's lateral thinking, you know? Let's find a yeah. different way into this problem. Alliteration. There we okay. go. We're in off the, to the races. In the end, the team does the a good job. Way. A good job, and they stay together. All right, do you want to read it? You want me to read it back? Yeah, please. Okay, here's what I've got. Tell me, tell me which fever pitch this is. Hey, hey, normies, tell me which yeah. fever pitch this is. Yeah, and Ready? maybe like I think let's retroactively say that this is the um, the review we're going to leave. Okay. Yeah. So let's maybe put a little review structure around it too. So title. Okay. Um, Are you gonna put you're gonna put this on our um, Babysitters Club Club Amazon Prime account? Okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so title will be. Um, let's just do a double, another double, triple. Entendre. I think we um, have to. We've already unless we can manage a quadruple. What about this relationship goals? Oh God. Yeah. 
relationship um, goals. There is no goals in baseball, so maybe I, but, let's say relationship runs. Because uh, you run in soccer. No, I don't like that at all. My one Five is, stars. Okay, fine. Relationship runs. There's Five no goals in, in baseball. Okay, fine. Do you want me to just send it to you, and then I'll read it back while you uh, put it in there? How about this? I'm going to say perhaps. Yeah, you send it to me. Let me let me set you up, okay? Okay. Perhaps you came across this film listing, unsure of whether it's the British. Oh, I should say the 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 first first Fallon film. Whether it's the first Fallon film or the second or the second second Firth film. Yeah, Firth. And do I say film or I don't? Yeah, film. Perhaps you came across this film listing unsure of whether it's the first Fallon film or the second Firth film. Yes. Okay. Uh, um, let, we're here to help you. We're here helpfully. To help. We've crafted this synopsis. Oh, that's scintillating. Scintillating synopsis. Yeah. That should work for both. For and then, can I both uh, films make a suggestion? And then colon. Yeah. And before the colon, here's our pitch. Perfect. And we can capitalize the pitch just so they know. Okay. Should I put a winky after it too? Yes. Okay. And then you're going to text me the, the body copy. Okay. So here we go. Relationship runs. Five stars. It's great. Perhaps you came across this film listing unsure of whether it's the first Fallon film or the second first film. Helpfully, we've crafted the scintillating synopsis that should work for both. Here's our pitch. Winky. A teacher with an obsession for his local sports team develops an affection for someone in the course of his work, but it's not problematic. His romantic quarry thus creates an opportunity for impregnation, despite a justified frustration with his commitment to said local team. Tensions hit a breaking point, not just within the burgeoning romance, but on the field of play itself. A pair as perfect as the pitch that threatens to divide them must persevere perpetually or perish in the act. In the end, the team does a good job and they stay together. Jack Shepard and Friend, P.S., we love these ones. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's cut and print, right? Yep, I'll get those on um, on both listings here. Uh, that one, sorry, not those ones. That one, this one review that we've had to write uh, for both films. This one movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. You'll get that on to Amazon. What are we going to do? Break. We forgot to take a break. We've only got 10 minutes left. Um should I um, probably um, Okay, find gosh, it? let's get through stuff. Um, at one point she says, let's jerk one out of the park. Don't know what that means. Sounds so horny. Um, okay. I just, what I'll say is... I'm at gonna, the, okay. Now here, let, let's help me figure this out before... What, what are you going to say? I'm just going to insert a break where it feels appropriate and we won't take a break. We're just going to power through to the end. So we don't need to panic here. Okay, thank God. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, let me crack this nut open real quick. At yeah. the, in the... Um, oh my! <laughs> my notes app has auto corrected Firth to Girth. So in the Girth okay. version, um, <laughs> yeah. at the nine minute fifty four second mark, we hear a disembodied voice. That is his voice. It's his internal monologue. Yeah. Anthropologists have always had a hard time with football. The trouble is, you can only see what's on the outside. But there is an inside, believe it or not. We all have our reasons for loving things the way we do. Which I've decided, if you really think about it, is a form of deadpooling. Okay. And I think we do have to... Oh, God. 
do what we do when someone deadpools in one of these movies, except it's a little bit of a special case. Usually when someone deadpools in one of these movies. Yeah, we bring out our They've two. they've invited what they've done is they've invited themselves into our reality right. by addressing us directly. Yeah. Um so what we do is invite ourselves into their reality. Yes, that's what by happens. Creating and roles for ourselves. I'm all plus that. Well, we already have roles for ourselves. We have characters who go and they Jeff have and names. No, their names are totes. Oh, yes. We created characters. So Yeah. You really put us in a pickle. Yeah, what were their names? They were good. My guy is called Totes Schwimbad. Oh, and mine's... Um, it's like similar to that. It's like Tot Schwambad or something like that. Yeah, well, I can plus you up on this. Do you want me to plus you up on this? Yeah, if you think there is, there's room for it. I'll just say that in the Fallon, first Fallon fever pitch, there's a moment when Stephen King throws out the first pitch and the announcer says... Ladies and gentlemen... Throwing out the first ball today, New England's own Stephen King. Oh, okay. And as we know, Stephen King in, is a character in the multiple universe spanning Dark Tower oh, universe. Therefore, yes. the Fallon First Fever Pitch movie it exists in the Dark Tower. In universe, the Dark Tower universe, and then which is a multiverse, guess, which is famously a multiverse. And so you can and, Tote and Tot are going to have to, I guess, find their find themselves in the Dark Tower universe. So Totes and Tot, yeah, are gun, can be gunslingers, I think. Okay, yes. And we've forgotten the face of our fathers. We've forgotten the face of our fathers, and we've got um, cool wet cowboy hats and six-shooters. Well, and keep in mind that this is all an in internal monologue in Colin Firth's head, so he's just imagining us this way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and what are we doing? So it's it's similar to what Stephen King did in the first Fallon movie. We're gonna well, let's tr- think about we're it. We're going to kick out the first ball at the football match. I was going to say, let's think about what Colin Firth's character in this film would be thinking about. That's what it is, right? So we're both sort of like Wild West gunslingers. Yeah. And we're there to kick out the, the first ball. Kick out the first ball at the football pitch. And probably sing the national anthem, right? God save the queen, yeah. King. Not at the time. Right. Famously. I just don't think you're allowed to say that anymore because I okay. think it's, it's the king now. Yeah. They're very strict about this stuff. Yeah. Okay. So so our guys now yeah. are- They're invited into the fever pitch. The at first the Arsenal- the, Sorry, the second fever pitch. The Arsenal At Highbury. Highbury, Highbury Park. Yeah. To kick out the ceremonial first kick Yeah, which is famous pitch. in England that you do on the pitch, yeah. And we are- we both have six shooters. Yeah. Um, and we're both sort of like Wild West Cowboys with big slickers on. Yeah. Like big dusters. Yeah. Um, and this is all in the, uh, the like, uh, a sort of fantastical daydream that Colin Firth is having. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Okay. And then they'll just put that in the movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Does yeah. that work? Yeah. Put that in the movie. Yeah. I'm okay. shocked. I don't know what listeners think, but I'm, I think I understand what these guys do. Yes, and I and think I'm, I'm starting to. I'm surprised at myself that I understand what these guys do. Yeah, I think this is a bit I introduced, um, yeah. and I'm just starting to like really get my head around it. Yeah, it's complicated. But I'm glad to have you as kind of like holding my hand and like you know pulling me along. It's frightening. Yeah, but you know that's what multiverse travel is. Do you want to do a really quick on the one hand segment, super fast? Um, yeah. Okay, uh, Tanner, uh, Arbiter Tanner, please quickly, quickly, quickly. <laughs> 
Tanner, we're in a big Hello, hurry. Hello, Jack. It's me, Arbiter Tanner, and I'm here to dispense kisses. We got so caught up talking about these two movies and talking about Christopher Lash and having a nice time that we forgot to take a break and everything and the, the whole schedule is torn to shreds. And Tell so, me about it. I just came here from the fucking far future, Yeah, Jack. It's a mess out there from what all I've been hearing. You're telling me. <laughs> yeah. So we brought you here to do the quickest version of a segment that I like to call On the One Hand, where we talk about um, d- uh, different Rotten Tomatoes reviews of the films. Okay. In this case, it's two films. It's the um, do, you, do you have this in the future? It, uh, we call it the first Fallon film and the second Firth film. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. There um, was... Well, it's really complicated, but a long time ago, there was like a huge like virus wiped out everyone on Earth. Okay. A whole state religion was formed around a podcast about the Babysitter's Club, yep. led by two sort of scholars, two yep. young women named Michaela and Lakeland. Yeah, I remember that. That has sort of like evolved into a whole system of government. There's right. like um, the enforcers like me, the arbiters uh, yeah. in these mega cities. They're in the desert, and there's walls around the megacities, and then outside of the walls is just like a wasteland, and there's vampires. Zombies and stuff, yeah. It's like priests. Yeah. And then all of that is to say, let's see if I can remember. Yes. Um, at one point, when we were sort of unearthing the tombs, yeah, to see if we could find anything more about this this mythology that we yeah. all sort of like built our, our whole um, existence around. Yeah. People were wearing a lot of merch that said Fallon first. A lot of these like mummies oh, right. and corpses and stuff. Fallon first. We're wearing this merch. Firth second. That said Fallon first, Firth second. Okay. All yeah. right. So this is answering a lot of questions for you. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. I'm going to go through these super fast. It's like in our, it's in like a museum now. Like you can go and see it. <laughs> That's really beautiful. Yeah. I pulled a number of reviews for uh, each of these films actually. Not as many as normal. So maybe in total as many as normal. I'm going to try to go through them fairly fast. Yeah, let's hear them. Which one do you want me to do? What's What's the order? Fallon first. Okay, so this is for the Fallon first film. What if we just don't designate at all between them? Um, the the films are so similar as we've proved in our review, or that you and Tanner proved in your review that. I don't know if I need to know which film it's about. Okay, fine. I'm just going to combine these things, and I'm going to read you. Uh, this is a segment within a segment we call On the One Hand, yeah. where we talk about negative reviews of the film. Here's the first one. This is James V. gives the film five stars on January 15th, 2013, and he says the following thing. I won't say which film it is, but he says, romance plus comedy plus baseball equals a great movie, LOL. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I agree. I don't remember any baseball on the... <laughs> Second film. I just like that he said LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Sam Y gives this film five stars on October 16, 2007. Sam Wise Ganji. Yep. And he says, Life gets complicated when you love one woman and worship 11 men. <laughs> All right, wow. Sam Wise. Uh, why don't you keep your own personal stuff to yourself? Yeah. And as far as I remember, you worship one man. And his yeah. Name is Frodo Baggins. <laughs> Okay, this is a, a segment within a segment uh, that we like to call On the Fence Hand. Okay. Uh, Sandra J. on March 28th, 2008, gives this film three stars. And she says the following thing. It was better the first time I saw it, but still funny. Oh, okay. So she means... Did, wait, sorry. Did she say it was better the first time I saw it? <laughs> I think she it, she's written first, but I think she maybe... She's, it's autocorrected, as you would expect. Yeah. 
Uh, she so meant she to say means, it was better the first time. She means it was better the first time she saw yeah. it, but she's still enjoying it the second time. Yeah. I, okay. But I do want to say to Sandra J now that I have a platform, just briefly, yeah. it's not the movie's fault that you didn't like it as much the second time. <laughs> um, you don't give a she film, means that You should give the film the number of stars that you felt the first time you watched it. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. We don't have time to argue this out. Don't tell her how to live her life. On don't August tell her how 11, to enjoy her movies. She enjoys it the way she wants to enjoy it. Timothy P. gave this film three stars with the following review. More like tepid pitch. Pretty good. Don't you think? Yeah. Okay, this is a segment within a segment that we like to call On the Other Hand, where we talk about the negative review. That was the On the Fence Hand? That was the On the Fence Hand. Okay. God, I'm so curious which one it was about. Mark S. gives this film... One half of a star on March 17th, 2008. He says, how many times do we have to go over this? If you come from Reading, you support Reading. Oh, is that true? Uh, Reading, no. Connecticut? I want to argue that we have never gone over this. And I oh. don't know <laughs> why he's saying that. I think there's a Reading here in Connecticut. Is that what he means? Yeah, so it could be either film. I think he's trying to do what we did, which is kind of say something that could be applied. To oh, yeah. Movie. And it's a little... I mean, you, we circled that drain for... It felt like 45 minutes. Yeah. No harm, no foul, Marcus. Um, Stephen C., meanwhile, gives this film five stars on April 9th, 2022, and says the following thing. There are some asterisks. There's a lot of tastefully deployed asterisks. So do you want me fill to- Fill them in. Fill, fill in the in. words. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to fill in. I won't even say where I'm filling an asterisk. You're just going to have to allow, but I'm just going to try to make this feel like a s- seamless experience. Yeah. What the, art, what the, the author intended before he was censored. No bitching cock, Sherlock. Huh? You suck balls. Um, it's hard to think of a word that's like, because it's got to end with ES. Um, Penises. It's a, a little too male genitalia. Um, vagina says. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, ovaries ends with ES. That's good. You suck balls, ovaries, and... Well, I guess what's the third general, but... So. But... <laughs> Okay, so I'll just read that with the try to see for one take. Um, yeah. No bitching cock, Sherlock. So Stephen C. says of this film, no bitching cock, Sherlock, you suck balls, ovaries, and butts. And that's all the genitals. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. Who's he talking to? Me? Who's he addressing? <laughs> it's got to be the film in some way. Okay. It's not much of a storyteller. I've got two more br- brief ones. Uh, Garen M. gives this film half a star and says i got a fever watching fever pitch and i don't know i feel like you stole that bit from the guy who said tepid pitch um it's a slightly different yeah i yes i agree um he could have worked a little harder to distinguish himself uh, to rise from the rabble but i worry that he actually got a fever yeah i mean this is a cry for help yeah finally jdb gives this film half a star on may 2nd 2016 and says the following worst movie ever zero out of 10 would not recommend teacher put this on instead of dark night <laughs> why is your teacher showing dark night <laughs> why why how is that an option how why was this an option yeah why was this an option and then Teacher's why was dark night the other option what class is this yeah and go also have you school. ever seen maybe you should go back to school because it's not the worst movie ever no, it's fine. It's there's good. Worse mov- there's far worse movies than this. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen Birth of a Nation? 
Oh, I just want to tell you a quick burn, and then we'll go. Oh, I have lots of burns from both okay. the films. But... I'll tell you a quick burn, and then you, you tell me your favorite burn. I will tell you my favorite burn, and then we'll go, because we're really running over time. Okay. Here's my burn. The girlfriend in the the first second one. Perfect. Mine's from the Fallon film, the Fallon okay. cut. Says uh, angrily to him. We've been seeing each other. Well, we've been sleeping together for six months now, and... We've never even planned a holiday together. It's a miracle if we, if we plan a weekend before Friday afternoon, and yet you know what Arsenal are doing for months in advance. And then Colin Firth says, They produce a fixture list. <laughs> That's funny. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The end of the film. Yeah. The Fallon film, the Fallon cut. Yeah. Um, one hour, 26 minute, and three second mark. Yeah. Drew Barrymore and all her friends are out at dinner. Yeah. And her friends are pretty fun and funny. Yeah. And one of them says, Finn is selling Chris his Red Sox tickets. Lindsay, please, let's go. And Drew Barrymore says, You mean like um, for today? And she says, No, I mean like forever. For 125000 it better be forever. And then her other friend says, Are you guys that rich? And she says, Yeah. And her other friend says, Why don't you dress better? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I think the answer is that once you get to a certain point of rich, it kind of like horseshoes a little bit, and you just dress however the fuck you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think that's the answer. And uh, Edgar's, Edgar's wife is in one of these films, isn't she? Is she? Yeah. Oh, I missed her. I think she's in the first Fallon film. Oh, okay. Well, should we call it? We've just sort of been using Fallon as a shorthand. Should we say like the Edgar's wife Yeah. cut? The Edgar's wife cut. I don't know. I don't have time to workshop it. Okay, well, do you have time? We just have to record a bunch of pickups so we can go back and, and drop it in. <laughs> Edgar's wife cut, Edgar's wife cut, Edgar's wife cut, Edgar's wife cut. Okay, now we can go. I'd like to thank you, Tanner, so very much for bearing with me. I'd like to thank the uh, Bee Babies and the Baby Bees for bearing with us so very much. And uh, I do love and kiss you all the time. I'd like to uh, remind everybody, you please subscribe to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Uh, it's fun over there, and it's also um, a good way to support our show and keep us alive. Um, I would like to say everyone needs to go and join our Facebook group. It's uh, Baby Nation on Facebook. Everyone's having a nice time in there, and everyone is very nice. I would like to say to you that this week we watched a film. That film we watched was The Fever Pitches. Mm -hmm. Next week, we're going to be watching a little film called Tanner, it is your turn to present to me three films. <laughs> um, I guess try to pick something that I can watch with my parents in England. Oh, fun. <laughs> as one, at um, least one of the choices that will Romance all movies to watch with parents. Oh, okay, great. How about this? Um, here we go. Your options are Practical Magic, <laughs> um, Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde. Why not Legally Blonde 1? <laughs> Skipping it. Okay. Or My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Ooh. Well, I feel like I really want to see the second Legally Blonde. I've never seen it. I loved the first one. Yeah. My Big Fat Greek Wedding is... I've never seen it. Guaranteed to be a hit with the, the rents. Oh, you think so? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a. Did they catch it when it was like a phenomenon back in whatever? Probably four. So I would choose one of those two. Um, all right, let's go. Big Fat Greek Wedding. I've let's never do seen Big it. Fat Greek Wedding. Okay, that seems fine. So that's what we're watching next week. I've got two sign-offs for this because we watched two movies. So um, 
hold your powder. Okay. Until I get to the second one. Okay. And I'll let you decide which one is which. Okay. All that remains is for me to say that this week I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is American Tanner Green Ring. And I hope that you Proud American. Fi- okay. Belligerent American. And I hope that you find your... I don't care whose toes I step on. Okay, well, stop it doing it, at least. <laughs> and I hope that you find your hybrid ever after. Pretty good. And I hope that you find your fairly ever after. Because of the Fairly Brothers? Yeah, they directed it. Yeah, I like Highbury better. <laughs> <laughs> it might be childhood, but-